on your PC, iPod or smartphone, this is the girlsplayfooty.com podcast. Coming up on the 8th edition of the girlsplayfooty.com podcast for 2016, it's our continuing preview of the 2016 AFL Youth Girls National Championships. This time, we look at Paul B. We catch up with South Australian coach Bill Economou, Tasmanian footy development manager Lee Alder, and AFL Northern Territory high performance manager Wally Gallio. All that and more coming up on the girlsplayfooty.com podcast. I'm Peter Holden and welcome to the 8th edition of the girlsplayfooty.com podcast for 2016, our 42nd podcast overall. Great to have your company. As you may have heard a couple of days ago, we chatted with the Pool A coaches. Now it's time for Pool B of the AFL Youth Girls National Championships held in Melbourne from Monday the 2nd of May through to Friday the 6th of May. In Pool B this year, there are five sides. Uh, retained from last year include the reigning champions, South Australia, New South Wales, ACT and the Woomeras. The Woomeras, of course, are the all-Indigenous side. Now, last year, or at least for the last couple of years, the Northern Territory and Tasmania had a joint side together called the Thunder Devils. They are now fielding their own separate side. So it's a full NT and full Tasmanian squads, now part of a five-team Pool B competition. Four teams will have a bye. Uh, the Woomeras will end up playing through four matches while the others play three. Now, as so we're about to jump into our interviews, just to let fans know of uh, the Woomeras. Unfortunately, we couldn't find out who their coach was and we couldn't get a contact, so we have no interview with them for this podcast. And as well, we put out the uh, feelers to AFL New South Wales ACT, but we couldn't get an interview locked down in time before we had to put this podcast together. So first of all, let's jump into interview number one, and it is with the reigning champions who dominated Pool B last year, the South Australians. And I've got on the line their coach in Bill Economou. Bill, thanks very much for joining us. How does it feel to be coming to Melbourne as Pool B reigning champions defending your title? Oh, look, it's pretty exciting. Um, We've uh, uh, been working really hard uh, as a team since about November and uh, we're, we're pretty excited with uh, the, the team we have and uh, and I'm, I'm looking forward to uh, uh, going over to Melbourne and we're of a strong belief uh, we're going to uh, have a great championship. So um, very excited, all of us are. Even the players today, yeah, we've just come off the camp, so... Uh, uh, they've all gone home, very tired, but uh, uh, looking forward to Sunday when we fly out. And when did the girls first come together as an academy and how did that process go about willing them down to the lucky girls that formed this uh, squad that will go to Melbourne? Yeah, we started an academy that ran for about... Uh, we, we trained only once a week on a Sunday morning. Uh, we, uh, that was punctuated by, the uh, obviously, the Christmas New Year break. We ran an academy for about six weeks. We had a, an initial squad of about 80 girls. And uh, so we basically went through, uh, you know, from your, your fundamental skills to your to your game sense and decision making type stuff. And uh, uh, from that, we um, played some internal trials, um, just, just to watch the game, watch the girls perform under under pressure. And uh, and uh, along the way, they had to meet some certain benchmarks. We uh, we set a benchmark of nine point nine point five minimum on the beep test. Uh, for a, a, a significant factor for consideration in the, in the final squad, and um, so that was one of the you know the, the marks they needed to achieve, and uh, and we uh, then we had some open trials um, late March where it was an invitation to anyone that w- wanted to have a 
have a go at uh, trying out for the state team and uh, and during that pro. And I'm glad we had that process because we picked up some some little diamonds that, uh, and I know with time will uh, uh, turn into little gems. So we're really excited that we uh, chose to go down that path as well. Looking at the sides of familiar names from last year, including Ashley Woodland, uh, I see Jessica and Paige Allen. How much of the side did you manage to retain from last year? Uh, we we lost twelve uh, senior girls, so uh, so virtually half the squad, um, and uh, we've uh, uh, so we've got uh, at least half the squad continuing again this year, uh, which which is good uh, to uh, to make sure that they sort of uh, help the. Uh, first-year players, but uh, uh, the, the girls that have come through, the, girl, the new girls who have selected or added to the team, uh, the, the, we're really excited. Uh, we, we've seen a, a huge growth in our youth girls football uh, competition uh, in South Australia as a result of, uh, you know, the uh, I suppose the performances of the team in uh, Mandurah, Western Australia last year, and uh, that was certainly, uh, we feel, was a, a great uh, promotion for youth girls football and uh, uh, we've certainly been able to value add to our squad and uh, as I said earlier we're really excited and we're, we're of the strong belief uh, that uh, we'll have a great championship. For the top age girls in the side there's that carrot hanging there of hopefully next year getting their way onto the Adelaide Crows list to take part in the Women's National League. Um, from those players who do you think might be a good chance to shine this week and who knows maybe have their name down on the list uh, come next year? Well, our captain Ashley Woodland certainly is uh, is a player that we feel is going to be uh, uh, respected by the opposition teams. Uh, I, I haven't seen a, a player play that position as well as she does. Um, she's got uh, a great, uh, great, great skills, and certainly attacks the ball. And her second and third efforts are, are fantastic. So uh, Ashley's certainly one player to uh, to to be monitoring. And, uh, and then we also have uh, Tate Mackerel. Um, one of our uh, mid, strong midfielders. Uh, this girl's uh, skills are absolutely fantastic and uh, just knows how to win a hard ball. So uh, there's Tate Mackerel and our, probably one of the uh, two others, Eloise Jones, uh, another player who um, comes from a basketball background and uh, uh, certainly uh, given a fair bit of exposure to football this year. And uh, uh, another player, this another diamond that's sort of come out of the blue that um, has uh, absolute fantastic skills and just seems to be in the right place at the right time, and probably a fourth one that for me that uh, that I think will have a certainly will be uh, noted by other teams and respected by the opponents would be Anne Hatchett, who uh, uh, is that versatile that can play uh, you know your, your key centre half back, your centre or your centre half forward position. So uh, we're we're really excited. And looking over those. Um three to four games that we be playing over the week. Uh, how much do you plan ahead for not only taking on each respective side, but what positions, different positions, the girls will play in to show their wares to obviously catch the eyes of the recruiters for the National League? We've, we've told the girls to, uh, to be a good footballer. You need to be versatile. Modern football is about versatility. Uh, certainly we uh, are going there with, with a mindset of, of playing girls in certain areas, but um, um, we, we're very pleased that the girls have accepted the fact that uh, they need to be versatile. So they're probably not really going to know until game one uh, as to where they're going to line up, although they probably have a, a fair indication after being interviewed on the camp as to where they'll probably um, um, fit uh, to, uh, for us to uh, fill our most competitive and uh, uh, strong team. And just to give us an insight into the camp that the girls have been on, I think it was a three-day camp. Uh, what were some of the team-building skills that they uh, learnt over that period? 
Uh, we uh, we certainly, after the uh, leadership group was announced, uh, the coaching staff spent uh, an hour or so with the leadership group just uh, going through uh, aspects of, um, you know, what leadership's all about and, and how to uh, lead by example. Uh, so that was one component that we went through. We uh, um, the girls partook in, in some team team bonding activities. I think uh, some very simple ones, like uh, I think we had them doing some uh, making some uh, uh, food out of play-doh to see what uh, how clever they were in communicating and and working as a team to produce uh, some savoury and, and sweet dishes. And uh, and then also we had a bit of a fun night last night where they had to present uh, the, the three groups, which we divided into three state colours had to produce a uh, X-Factor production where uh, they're all involved. So uh, some very talented talented girls um, in that, on that aspect as well. And, and today we, we finished the day uh, at uh, the Defence Force. Uh, they were fantastic in, uh, in working with our girls today. So uh, uh, I feel that was a real buzz for them. And certainly the Defence Force mantra certainly is teamwork as their number one objective. And, uh, and we felt that our girls walked away from that, uh, certainly uh, coming back as one. And finally, Bill, before we let you go, um, what next for the girls after the championships? Uh, some of the senior girls will be given an opportunity to represent the seniors uh, in the interstate game. I believe we're playing the South Australian women's uh, seniors are playing uh, BNT. Uh, uh, New South Wales. Game, New South Wales, sorry, uh, in June, June, July, from memory. Uh, and certainly uh, they're, they're going to engage in some form of uh, academy I would uh, envisage leading up to uh, trials for, uh, for the uh, up-and-coming uh, uh, new Adelaide team that, uh, that, that may present, uh, position themselves for the new competition. And I thank Bill very much for his time and wish the South Australians all the very best. And, of course, as you heard through that interview, um, you never know, maybe one or two youth girls that excel for South Australia might find themselves on the Adelaide Crows list in the Women's National League next year. Now I've got on the line uh, South Australia's partner for the Adelaide Crows for next year, the Northern Territory and the high performance manager there and Wally Gallio. Wally, thank you very much uh, for joining us. Uh, for you, um, how does it feel on this historic occasion to be fielding your own standalone Northern Territory side in Pool B of the Youth Girls National Championships? Yeah, we've been pretty excited for, sort of since last year's championships where we sort of had the OK from the AFL and discussed it with them about having our own team instead of being sort of in a joint venture with uh, AFL Tasmania and um, yeah so it came to fruition and the girls have worked really hard and you know it's been quite exciting for them as well because uh, in, in the previous partnership where you went half-half with Tasmania to create the Thunder Devils, so you only had about a dozen girls playing for them, plus a few, obviously, for the uh, Woomeras. Uh, how many experienced girls will you be carrying over from last year's championships into this year's um, squad? Yeah, in our squad, we'll have uh, probably six to seven that played last year um, that either played at Nationals or played for the Woomeras. So, you know, like players like Taylor Thorne that played for the Woomeras comes back and there's one one of our leadership group um, this year. And, you know, Danielle Ponta, who played last year as a 15-year-old, she comes back as a 16-year-old. Amy Chittick, who was uh, one of the older girls last year, she comes back in and has a bit of experience. And both Amy and Taylor played recently in our senior women's side against Tasmania. And Jessica Stasi uh, is back, Shay Copper 2 is back. Um, and then we've got a mixing of uh, some really young talent so we've got sort of girls that spread from the bottom age of 15 right through to some a couple of our overage girls which are 19.
Now, obviously, most of the squad uh, do train together in Darwin. Uh, how do you keep, I guess, feeding the game plan and uh, keeping um, Taylor Thorne on the same page? Because about a month ago, she moved down to Victoria to uh, not only study for university, but play state league football with the Eastern Devils. Yeah, that's correct. And her and Shay Cockatoo sort of moved down there to go to Swinburne University and sort of further their education. And, yeah, she's pretty, they pretty much keep in touch with our state academy coach, Andrew Hodges, and, and same with all our girls that, you know, Throughout the Territory, we've got full-time staff within 11 communities now and sort of the girls come from those communities and, you know, through our regional development managers are sort of kept in, in the loop with their skills and, and also fitness and also the game plan and how we play the game. About four months ago in November, you actually had a trial game between, I think it was Thunder Black and Thunder Pink in the under-18s. Um, did any players from that game stand out for you and force their way into the squad? Um, no, we've... We've been watching the majority of the girls for the last 12 months since last year's nationals uh, at club level, either, you know, in Alice Springs or in Tennant Creek or, you know, through Catherine and all through our regional areas. And uh, the girls that we thought were sort of coming to fruition, one that sort of came to mind that's also doing education in Melbourne is Tia Patterson Dunn. She's uh, sort of a, can play a little bit of key position. And then one of our, our youngest players, the um, Bella Clark, who sort of plays for the Southern Districts uh, Football Club, she's really come to fruition and and um, really stood up uh, amongst the peers. Now, of course, you come at it a bit differently from the other states where they've had their off-season, they've warmed in their pre-season, maybe had a couple of regular season games before hitting the championships. Um, how do you keep your girls fresh? Because essentially they play football during the wet season, they've had their grand final about a month ago, and now you've got that one-month gap between then and obviously this championships. Yeah, well, sort of, we've got to be pretty smart the way our coaching staff work with the players and sort of familiarise and simulate their training. I mean, we can only do a certain amount. There's nothing like playing the game itself week in, week out. But at the end of the day, we feel that, you know, what we do here at training um, on on the two, three nights that we train with the strength and conditioning they have, we think, you know, that uh, we'll be pretty much around the mark to sort of combat that. Now, of course, the Woomera's field aside in the championships, that's the Indigenous team, which obviously has girls from the Northern Territory, WA, Queensland, and from some other states. Um, when do you become notified that some of your girls will be actually playing in the Woomera side as opposed to playing for the Northern Territory? Uh, we, we sort of talked to the girls that got picked in the initial Woomera squad after last year's Kickstart Championship. We really gave them some of the... We gave them the option whether to play for the NT and... And also the women's because we we're fully supportive of the AFL diversity program throughout our programs, male and female. And we really sort of said to the players, look, it's up to you. It's a good cultural experience. It, it's good to get out in that environment where you're playing with other players. So we really left, left it up to them. And and some of the girls decided to play for the NT, and some have, have gone on and, and played for the women's. And we'll have probably uh, we've got four players um, representing the NT at the women's level. And what's the plans for the NT heading into this week? We've heard from WA that they're planning to fly in on Saturday night. A few a little bit different. You've actually got the bye in the first round and the pool of five teams. You're not actually scheduled to play on the first day of the Monday. Yeah, so we'll still fly in on the Sunday night um, simply because our flight to Melbourne direct with with our airline is on at six fifteen on, on in the evenings. We don't get into Melbourne till eleven o'clock, so. We'll be, we'll be flying sort of in there. The girls will have a day to recoup and sort of get find their legs, have a bit of a training session, get used to the environment, and away we go Tuesday. 
Now, we know for the Victorian girls it's a bit weird for them because they're obviously looking forward to the National League and they could be split amongst anywhere between four Victorian clubs. Uh, for, I guess for SA and yourselves at NT, it's a little easier. It appears that the Adelaide Crows will get the uh, women's licence and they've got a partnership with AFL Northern Territory. So after this championship, where to from here? Do you start to feed information to the Crows to say, here's some possible players to look at? Yeah, we have ongoing sort of talks with the Adelaide Crows about the national licence and, you know, we've, we've done, we've got a joint venture that we're going through and that goes to the AFL on the uh, 29th of April in a couple of days' time and, uh, and we'll just see from there. We'll, we'll continue to develop our list um, to get the girls that around the sort of draftable age to, to play at that level. So we come back, we have two weeks of review with the girls and then we sit down and we start looking at the next 12 months and where we go from there. So either way, and uh, we launched a uh, NTFL or AFL NT dry season competition for our state academy girls, both uh, senior and our youth girls. So that kicks off on the 14th of May, which um, TIO have sort of come on board and helped us out with that one. Now, of course, it's not just the players that are trying to impress to get to the National League. Hopefully for some coaches, that's a pathway for them to a uh, longer and uh, bigger future in the AFL. Um, who will be part of the coaching panel for the NT heading down to Melbourne for this championships? Yeah, coaching coaching panels headed up by a state academy coach, development coach, coaching coordinator, it's a mouthful, uh, Andrew Hodges. Um, and we've sort of worked with a coaching team of Brian Armat, Deborah Bound, who actually from Tasmania was involved last year Rebecca, Rebecca Taylor um, more known as Becky she, she she coached our senior women this year and she'll be helping out, Kerry Ann White from Alice Springs will be sort of helping us out around about the mark um, and then um, Michaela Long sort of will head up our program as overseeing the uh, sort of logistics and the team management of it and we thank Wally very much for his time. And a reminder again that uh, the Northern Territory and South Australia, or should I say the Northern Territory and the Adelaide Crows, teamed up together to put a bid in for the Women's National League. With Port Adelaide not bidding for a licence, it looks like that SA licence will definitely go to the Adelaide Crows. And there may be one or two youth girls that you see run around for Northern Territory this year play for the Crows in the National League next year. All we do is now sit and wait till that draft comes up later this year. Now, for Tasmania, something very interesting for them, of course, at the moment, they've been aligned with the New South Wales licence, which looks like it'll go to the GWS licence. Of course, that all could change by the time that the winning bidders are announced. So who could be a future Giants player, I guess, we'll be looking at in the Tasmanian side? And I've got on the line uh, the Football Development Manager at AFL Tasmania in Lee Elder. Lee, thank you very much for joining us. And for you, similar to Wally, you must be excited to have the, the first standalone Tassie side uh, playing in Pool B of the Youth Girls Championships. Yes, a uh, unique challenge for us uh, is the first time we're going standalone. Um, uh, therefore, instead of selecting 13 players, we're looking for a full squad of 26. So that was a unique challenge, but uh, thankfully female football is uh, growing in massive numbers in Tasmania. So it's made our job uh, fairly easy and having um, around about 60 players in our academy in total, it actually became a bit of a task to then uh, drop down the squad to 30 and then make the hard selections for 26. And before we talk about that academy, we should put a little asterisk in there because there's, well, we could call one ring in. You've got a New Zealander in your side. <laughs> 
Yes, well, it's the reality is this is uh, an opportunity for us to uh, uh, to pay back game development. Um, obviously, the first time Tassie entered into the program, we uh, had a couple of players uh, join Vic Country, um, and then obviously took the major step in putting a half side together with Northern Territory, and and obviously that's uh, helped both states or one state, one territory develop to the point where they both got their own teams. Um, so now we're paying back the favour with uh, a New Zealand player and uh, so we gave the opportunity for two they're sending the one over so it'll be one staff member one player uh, and hopefully she gets some uh, great experience and can go home to New, New Zealand and really uh, encourage a lot more girls to play and um, where that ends we, we're a little bit unsure um, obviously our primary focus has got to be our Tassie girls but certainly we're uh, quite keen and happy to help the development of the game. And also to help the development of the girls, um, speaking with Andy Smith a few weeks ago, I believe a few of the girls that uh, played in the open women's side stayed on to train and uh, assist the uh, youth girls team. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, our, our academy, although um, the first of its kind in Tasmania and, and reasonably short, um, starting in February and basically wrapping up uh, at the end of April, um, it was there to um, um, basically assist our under-18 group coming through and obviously we had about 12, 13 players uh, that were senior players that have been um, part of the representation of Tasmanian footy for a long period of time to show their leadership and we wanted to keep their involvement right through the program so they were sharing their knowledge and information because if we collect our group of 26 players um, we'll be struggling to probably add a, a total of 120 games together. And having a look at the squad, how many have you managed to retain from last year's uh, Thunder Devils side uh, to carry on for this year? Well, for our squad of um, 26, there's only seven that are returning. So seven that are coming uh, with experience at this level. So I suppose there's an argument to say we're a great unknown. Um, although we did have eight players who were eligible for the national championships actually playing their senior state game. Uh, and most of those girls uh, held themselves very well. Um, so great experience for them. Um, and uh, therefore, we get to see them at the next level. Um, quite a few of them hadn't uh, been part of the Thunder Devils previously. So um, only seven that are returning. Um, there are a few that actually missed out on selection that were part of the group previously. And I think that shows the amount of talent development and also the amount of participations increased just in the last 12 months. And as well, I, I know the name um, Sophie Townsend, who of course uh, was part of the Kickstart program. Uh, has she been uh, selected over to the Woomera side? That's correct, yes. So she's um, selecting, um, uh, selected to play for Woomera's. Um, so therefore we still have 26 players from Tasmania playing in the carnival, so that's fantastic. The big name that stands out, of course, was the All-Australian from last year's carnival, Elise Gamble. Yeah, and she'll be our captain. Um, uh, Elise has um, been a great player in our system for, for quite a while. Um, so we're looking forward in a new role. Um, in the senior state game, she played centre-half forward. Um, we're just trying to add more strings to her bow to ensure that she gets the greatest opportunity to be drafted uh, when the, uh, the first draft actually happens for our new AFL women's competition. Uh, she's already been All-Australian Ruckman, um, so if we show that she can play a key forward position, she's got more opportunities to get drafted being a, a forward ruck or a ruck forward. 
And I guess that's the important thing, isn't it, out of this carnival, of not just playing the position you're used to, but experimenting, playing forward, playing back to show your full wares for the recruiters that will be watching uh, for the National Women's Competition next year. Uh, rightly or wrongly, and maybe being criticised a few times, my concentration is about uh, uh, the development of the players, um, and it's we're not about uh, winning. Although we obviously the girls, when they start playing, want to win a game of football. Um, we've got to be um, showcasing the best athletic talent we've possibly got in this state. Um, to ensure that we get as many drafted, uh, not just this year, but for the next three to four to five years. So that's where our concentration has been, and that's obviously why we do so much of the TIS, um, uh, Tasmanian Institute of Sport, testing. So we actually know um, not an opinion of how someone plays football, but we can back it up with data as well. So we we know who's going to make that next level, and I think that's a trap quite a few people fall under. They think of the right here, right now, rather than the long-term future, and and that's why you have competitions uh, in male footy like the TAC Cup. They're development phases where you identify the people that have potential to get to the highest level and you work and build layers of their game. Uh, And that's the whole model uh, for release. Um, uh, Effectively, uh, we could fall into the trap of just, again, putting an All-Australian Ruckman in the ruck because it's the best for the team right here, right now. But for her development, that's why we want to play her up forward and make sure we uh, educate her about the game. And um, like any talented squad, we've got a lot of midfielders and uh, a lot of forwards. Well, we need to have six in the back line for this carnival. So that becomes a learning curve for quite a few girls. And you talk about the future. Who are some of the new players to the squad that have been impressing you during the trial matches and uh, academy training sessions? Uh, I will say all of them, um, but that's why they're part of the system. Um, And and I think uh, I'll try and avoid the girls that have went through the the senior state program because uh, I think they've been highlighted enough. But we've got a few others that... uh, uh, we feel uh, are going to be quite impressive. Uh, Charlotte Kenny, uh, who's born in 2000, so she's got a few more years in this system. Uh, although her skills need a little bit of work, um, she has the height to be a key position player, but is going to be one of these um, strong bodied uh, midfielders can really get the contested ball. So we think she's got a bright future in the game. Um, We've got uh, a a second uh, ruckman in Megan Singleton, who's actually been part of uh, the Kickstart Championships previously, and she's been very impressive, uh, even doing um, a bit of game simulation against Elise. She was uh, um, working Elise over as well, which is just fantastic. Uh, and another on baller that we think has got some real class is a girl named Emma Mannix-Jeeves, and uh, we think she's going to be a fantastic little player. Um, and, of course, from there, we've got the girls that have been part of this carnival before. Georgia Hill, we think, will take another step forward, and she'll be in a key position up forward. Uh, and Courtney Webb, we think, is ready to really burst out and show she's a class player, and we think she's really got potential to be an All-Australian non-baller. Should I open up the age-old question of uh, which produces the better footballers, Northern or Southern Tasmania, because there is that rivalry? 
yes, um, there has been a rivalry. We're one state united now. Um, we no longer have Northern in our team name, no longer uh, part of the Territory mob. Um, we're very much uh, uh, all of state mates, and uh, I will say if any area out of our three regions, north, northwest and south, uh, can actually put up their hand to say who's got the most talent, well, it'll be from Launceston because uh, they have got the most players uh, in this team. So we've got to say that their school system and their two clubs in Launceston Evandale have done a great job. Uh, and I think Launceston, as one club, has got nine players and Evandale have got another three. So... Um, that's a fantastic tick in the box for them. Um, down south, um, we've got some really high-end talent uh, and uh, the club of choice there is Clarence. I think they've got six or seven representatives. Um, and the northwest is just the area we need to get uh, a little bit more of the high-end talent. Um, they had quite a few in the academy but I think uh, the Northwest in total have only got the five players, and we, we would hope somewhere along the line they all end up with about nine each. That's what we would prefer, but ebbs and flows with uh, talent and participation in every area, of course. And finally, uh, before we let you go, um, what next for the girls after the championships? Uh, club footy, um, um, that'll be the priority. We'll uh, actually then have a an, an all-stars game um, during a break during the season where we'll try, we'll see a lot of new faces. I think we've got in total 26 new teams in Tasmania this year playing uh, youth girls programs. Um, and obviously we're going to identify a lot more talent there, so we'll bring them in for an All-Stars uh, program and start the academy in October. And I thank Lee very much for his time and wish the Tasmanians all the very best in their first uh, carnival as a standalone side. Now, as you heard me mentioned uh, a little bit earlier in the podcast uh, about some of the licences and where players could end up, uh, it seems in the end that 13 teams did bid for a license in the AFL Women's National League. Uh, we know the sides that have not uh, bid include Gold Coast. They're letting uh, Brisbane be the Queensland bidder in that scenario. Port Adelaide, who are concentrating on junior football and allowing the Crows with the Northern Territory to bid for the SA license. Sydney said they were not in a position with uh, their facilities at the moment to offer a women's team. So it looks like GWS will get that license. And in Melbourne, um, Hawthorne, again, have said they're going to look at grassroots development and Essendon have also passed on going for a license. So it's down to 13 teams. Uh, five will miss out, as we believe, because at the moment the number being banded around is eight teams in the Women's National League. And that's why it's important for you, the fan, if you're based in Victoria, to get along to these AFL National Youth Girls Championships on Monday the 2nd of May, Tuesday the 3rd of May, Thursday the 5th of May and Friday the 6th of May to watch those round-robin games because a couple of those girls could be lacing up their boots and pulling on a jumper in the AFL Women's National League next year. Watch those future stars this week. And, of course, we'll keep you up to date with previews and reviews on our website at girlsplayfooty.com. I'm Peter Holden. It's been great having your company. And until next time, it's bye for now.